simple awareness of breathing, awareness of walking practice. All you're doing is moving your attention from thought to experience, from thought to experience, or maintaining your attention on experience, or <laughs> becoming, becoming consumed and lost in thought. Those are very, very oversimplified, but those are the basic ways that you, uh, your mind is occupied. And we've talked about this this on this retreat the 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 difference between experience and thought one way to consider that to look at it is that experience doesn't seem very exciting compared to thought. We talked about the experience of the body breathing what we're doing in this practice is using really ordinary, very simple direct experiences to ground awareness. To, to bring your attention into the present moment. And intentionally, the, the, the experiences we're using are meaningless. <laughs> they're ordinary. They're, you, you can't make a story about them. You're not a good breather or a bad breather or a good walker or a bad walker. It's too simple for that. It's too ordinary for that kind of complexity, which is a good thing because otherwise you you just get lost in thought about it so the idea is that you can't think too much about the breath you you probably amaze yourself how much you can think about the breath <laughs> how many different distinctions your mind can try to make and judgments and evaluations about the breath but it's hopefully you're starting to see how ridiculous it is how ridiculous your your thinking mind is that would think that that was a useful way to occupy itself and use energy. So we're using these very simple reference points to bring attention, to bring awareness into the present moment. And compared to thought, the experience of breathing, the experience of walking, compared to the, the complexity of images that your mind is capable of producing, plus this fact that it's building, creating the story of you, that very compelling story of you, you know, makes an ordinary breath or a experience of walking just seem just boring and dull and not interesting. So that's why you keep getting sucked back into thought, isn't it? Just because it's so entertaining. <laughs> it's so captivating. It's so hard to resist. It's so hard not to get lost in a thought. And compared to that thought, the experience of breathing, the experience of walking doesn't, doesn't seem very much fun <laughs> or interesting. But what, but what you're doing when you do that is you're distinguishing between a thought and an experience. And it's a critical distinction for one simple reason, that is, the thought is not real. The experience is real. The thought is not real. All the, all the elaborate thinking that your mind does, all the complexity, all the incredible mem memories of the past and imaginings and plannings of the future, the pictures, the images, the, the infinite creations that your thinking mind can come up with are all imaginary. They're conceived. They're not real. They're not actual. And so 
And that's a really important distinction because in our normal busyness of our daily life, we believe our thoughts. We think they're real. We think we're perceiving something accurately. We think we're remembering something as it was. We think that our plan for the future is actually what's, what's going to happen. We mistake our thoughts for reality all the time. That's the condition that we're in. That's Buddha described it as being asleep, or at least that's how it's translated into English, being asleep. And what he meant by that is it's just you're lost in fantasy, you're lost in imagination. You're taking something to be real that's not real. And it's, this isn't a, this isn't this isn't something that you need to believe me about, and it's not something that's you know sophisticated and out of reach. Look at your thoughts. What happens when you interrupt a thought and, and bring your attention back to a present moment experience? What happens to that thought? Experience, you know, be smart, be wise. Look at it yourself. Where what are thoughts? They're they're Images that come and go and come and go and come and go. They're not real. They don't have a basis in reality. We, we, we want them to be real. We desperately <laughs> hope that they're real. We cling to them as though they're real. And as I spoke about last night, that's our, that's our perceptual mind's attempt to try to create certainty in a world where everything's changing as we, we fix on our thoughts and, and we believe them. Because what else have we got? So, or so it seems. Uh, some people have come to that realization that thoughts are meaningless, but that's all we have. And that's a very depressing end point. <laughs> There's no way out of that. That's, I think, what was called existentialism. is just seeing the meaningless of it all, but not seeing anything else. So th this is not that. The, the Buddha saw it all the way through to the meaning, the, the real, the conclusion. But you have to go through the meaninglessness to get there. <laughs> you have to see that your thoughts are not real, and that's a, that's a big disillusionment. And, and it's what the practice is for, and it's what you've been spending days enabling yourself to do to disengage from your thoughts and let them go, you're, you're acknowledging that they're not what you thought. <laughs> they're, not, they're not absolute. If it's real, it doesn't disappear when you let it go. And the reason this is important is because you crave what's real. Who, who doesn't? That's what we want. We're, we, we, need, we need something solid, something certain, something real. We're searching for that as though our life depended on it because our life does depend on it. Our happiness, our well-being, our existence depends on feeling something solid and real that doesn't change, the North Star. And, and I'm describing that, as I described it last night, as that stillness that you can touch sometimes in, in meditation. And the reason to do a long retreat like this is that you get more moments of that stillness. Your mind starts to settle. Your body starts to settle. But it takes a while. It takes days. And it takes continuous effort. You have to keep at it. And it's really discouraging sometimes because the body doesn't want to settle. The mind doesn't want to settle. 
at some point in these days, hopefully you've had a moment or, or several moments or many moments of stillness where, where nothing's moving. Or you could, say, you could say everything's moving, but there's a center. Everything's moving, but there's a center, like the eye of a hurricane. And that's your certainty. That's your, that's your, that's what's real. That's the thing that doesn't change is, is your attention, your awareness. It's constant. And what, and what this practice is helping you do is identify yourself as that attention, that awareness, rather than the thoughts, rather than the stories. And we do it by gradually, slowly, step by step, bit by bit, letting go of the stories. If somebody tried to take your story away from you, you'd fight tooth and nail for it. You'd go kicking and screaming. You would not let it go. That's not a good way to do it. If you try to push your story, your thinking mind away, you try to force it to shut up and be quiet, it's not going to work. It's a gentle but firm letting go. And, you, and it's so unfamiliar to us, that, that act of just surrender, just letting go, that we have to practice it. We have to, we have to just keep doing it over and over again. But, and gradually, it starts to happen by itself. It starts to get easier, the release, the letting go. And you're grounding yourself in a present moment experience. So you're not lost. You're not, you're not just letting everything go and free-falling. I mean, there, is, there is that aspect to it that feels like free fall sometimes. But what's essential about this practice is that you're grounding yourself in a present moment experience. That's what's so powerful and beautiful about it is that that experience is real. It's not imaginary. You can find it all the time. Your body's breathing. You can feel the breath moving. That experience is real. Any bodily sensation, any physical sensation, you can feel it. You can ground yourself in it. The thought you have about it is not real, but the experience is real, and you're learning to tell the difference. Do you see how important that is? You're learning to tell the difference. You could say you're learning to appreciate what's real. <laughs> you know, In college, and I don't know if they still do this, and I don't exactly remember it myself, but my mother talked about going to college and taking a class called music appreciation. I think, I'm sure they have it now, or art appreciation. And I never took one of those classes, but apparently what you do in those classes is you learn to appreciate classical music. You learn to appreciate fine art, which always just struck me as odd because I always thought, well, either you appreciate it or you don't appreciate it, but how can you learn to appreciate it? But that's what, that's what you know, having fine taste is in our culture, is you learn to appreciate the finer things. You're learning to appreciate presence. You see that? You didn't, you didn't appreciate it before. It didn't mean anything to you. It didn't have any value. It didn't even show up. You, you, weren't even, you didn't even notice it. It's so ordinary. The breathing is so ordinary. The walking, your attention, just so ordinary. You're just scattering it all over the place. And now you're learning to appreciate focused attention, presence, what's real. You're, you're learning to appreciate that. And that's, that's what this practice is about. You're learning to value it. And one of the things that's valuable about it is the certainty that it gives you. You don't have to compare this moment with another moment to know this moment. This moment is. And you can be certain of it. You can feel it. 
and you can trust that feeling. The practice we're doing of, of letting go of thought, interrupting thought when you notice it, letting it go, coming back to present moment, sensation, the belly moving in and out, simple physical sensation, one point in the body where you're putting your attention. It's intended to quiet your mind. And it's a, as I've been saying, it's a gradual quieting. It doesn't happen all at once, but gradually your mind settles down. And when your mind settles down, when your mind is quieter, you can see what it's doing. You can see how your mind works. And that's, what's, that's the power of this practice. It's not just to be calmer <laughs> or to look calmer or to be spiritual or to look spiritual. It's to, it's to gain wisdom to gain insight, to see what's really going on. And you can't see it when your mind is busy. The, the, just the thinking is so continuous that it covers over what's underneath. So the image I like to use is, is the pond. On a day like today, a really windy day like this, you go down to the pond and you look at the water and what you see is all the ripples on the water. Think about an ocean on a, on a rough, in rough seas or a pond on a windy day. And you go down to the water and you're going to see all these ripples and, and your attention is going to be fixed on the surface because that's what you can see. And you can't see anything beyond that, beneath that, because the, the surface is rough. But when the wind stops and it gets calm and the sun comes out, and the water gets smooth. Then you look in, and suddenly you can see what's underneath. It's like a whole other world reveals itself. Right? You see objects down there. You can see fish. You can see rocks. And you can see, kind of see how deep it is. And you can see. It's real. It's, it's always been there, but you couldn't see it because of the, the surface was so choppy. And that's what this process of meditation is like. When your mind is busy with thought it's like the choppy surface of the water it's all you can see is the thought your your attention gets stuck there and for most people that's that's their whole life just caught in that surface layer of thought but when you're when you're hungry for more when you when you recognize that there has to be something more than that when there's when you get the notion to look deep and you have the patience to wait for the wind to stop. That's what we're doing here, isn't it? You're, you're waiting out your mind. <laughs> you're just waiting out your mind till it finally just loses its wind and gets calm. And when you're willing to do that, you start to see what's below the surface. You start to see what's down there. And in this case, what you're, what you're seeing is your own consciousness, your own, you could say your own source, your own, where does thought come from? Where does consciousness come from? Where does your attention arise out of? When your mind gets quiet, when you have a moment of stillness, look, see, feel it, touch it. it it's like going to the source. It's like going to the spring. It's like, it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's so 
important. This is the sacred. This is where the sacred lives. We can make a space sacred. We can make a church, or we can make a meditation hall, or we can make a place sacred. You know, we can we could have a book that inspires us, and we could call that sacred. We can have a ritual that we do, or a ceremony that we do, and we could call that sacred. This is the source of sacred. This is where sacred lives. It's in you. It's that stillness in you. And when you touch it, it's awesome. It's awe-inspiring. That's the real use of the word awesome. It's, it inspires awe. When you touch the sacred, it takes your breath away. When you when your mind finally settles and you find and you're feeling the stillness there, there's no other word for it. It's it's totally sacred. It shines, it's glowing, it's light, it's pulsing, it's alive, it's radiant, it's an eternal source, it's just flowing. It's like it's like you hit the you hit the mother load, you hit the geyser, you tapped into it, you can feel the energy in it. And if you if you sit still in that and allow it, you can feel it rising up in you and filling you. And that's the point. That's really the point of this practice is to is to touch that source, to tap into the sacred, to feel it, to allow it to, you know, inspire you, inspire, fill you with spirit. And when and that's the <laughs> that's the sort of gold that's underneath the the crust of the you know the the stale bread of the breath that that boring in out breathing looks so unimportant and dull and boring but it's the gateway it's the doorway to the light the source the thing you're looking for it's right there you just have to wait be patient and still and when when you touch that, as you touch that sacred, you 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 recognize that that's what you've been looking for. You recognize that that's what that's the still center. That's your north star. That's what gives life meaning. That's what allows everything else to add up to something. And we and you realize that you've been occupied, as most most of us have, trying to make it add up to something in your thinking mind. You've been trying to, to make the whole fit together by putting all the puzzle pieces together with your thinking mind. That's what your thinking mind is doing, isn't it? It's, it's going over the past, trying to figure out what this meant and what this meant and how this fits with that and what does it mean? And then projecting that into the future, well then what does that mean I'm supposed to do next? That's what your thinking mind does nonstop. And it's tragically inadequate it never it never pulls it together there's always more fragments that it's trying to pull in and and they they compete with each other and they oppose each other and they contradict each other and it's madness it's total madness and most people are driven mad by it most people most of us are trying to get out of our thinking mind somehow Right? Acknowledge that that as 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 much as you may think the thinking mind is brilliant and and um you know is is the thing, it's 
you, you also know that it's driving you crazy. And most people know that. And most people are trying to numb or distract or shut it down. That's the attraction of drugs, alcohol, stimulation, entertainment, uh, any addictive behavior. Right? The attraction is just get me out of my thinking mind. Give me something else to do. Or shut it down. Shut down my thinking mind. So what we're doing here is a very different approach. You're not, you're not numbing or dulling or avoiding your thinking mind. You're doing the thing that you, that you least want to do, which is you're going directly in it, into it. You're sailing directly into the storm. You're sitting with your thinking mind with nothing else to distract you. But maybe arguably the hardest thing a person can do is sit with your thinking mind with nothing to distract you. And the point of it is partly, yes, to drive yourself crazy. To really drive yourself crazy because when you're sick of that thinking mind, you'll finally let it go. What all this practice is showing you is that it, it's possible to let it go, right? If you, you could boil this whole meditation technology down to one thing which is you have the capacity to let your thinking mind go and I know that I didn't realize that when I started all this 40 some years ago when I first started meditating I had no idea that I had the capacity to let my thinking mind go my thinking mind had me and I was engaging it all the time for everything and the notion that I could simply let it go never had never occurred to me so that's valuable. That's incredibly valuable to see that you have the capacity to let your thinking mind go. You've also noticed that it's not easy. In fact, it's nearly impossible. And one of the things that needs to happen before you can really let your thinking mind go is you need to get sick of it. I spoke you know, a few moments ago about that no one, it's not, it wouldn't, no one can come in and take your story away from you. If, if someone tried to do that, if there's, I'm sure there's therapy techniques and other techniques where you try to just take people's story away from them, you just end up fighting harder to keep it. Similar with, with all the other ways that we try to quiet the mind, the numbing, the distracting. They work temporarily, but then you need more of whatever it was that you were using to have the same effect. That's why they're addictions and that's why they're harmful. You see that connection that, you know, alcohol, pot, food, sugar, you know, whatever your stimulant, mind-altering substance of choice is, in, in moderation, there, there's none of them are evil, none of them are inherently negative or bad for you it's that we use them to numb the mind and then we need more and then we need more and then we need more and that ends up destroying our integrity it destroys our vital energy that's the problem with that path so in this path we're we're not using any of that stuff and we're going into thought and then and the the strength of this practice is that if you sit with your mind long enough you'll get sick of it and you and you want and you'll lose interest in it. You have to get bored with your own thinking mind. You have to go through that. And it's not, I know it's not pleasant, but that's how this, that's the power of this practice. And 
the beauty of it is that it works. When you see just how just how <laughs> irregular, irrational, fickle your thinking mind is, when you see that it's not going anywhere, that it's just going in circles, that it's really lost, it doesn't have a direction. It's like the Polynesians, islanders in their little boat in the middle of the Pacific just drifting. Your thinking mind without without a without a center, without a north star, without without something real that doesn't move, it's just goes in every direction, all over the place. And if 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 you're learning one thing on this retreat, surely that's what you're learning. <laughs> that your thinking mind is crazy. It's not to be trusted, it's not stable. And your investment in it is really troubling for you. It makes your life like a roller coaster. The more you're invested and identified with your thinking mind, the more you're just swept away with the, with every wind that blows, going in any direction. And that's and that's depleting. It's it's you know it makes for it makes for a difficult life. So the power of this practice is you sit with your you sit with your mind and you have. A little bit of distance from it. You have the capacity to witness it, which is what bringing your attention back to the breath, back to a present moment experience does, is it gives you a little a little place to stand outside of that thought so you can observe it. How else are you going to observe it? If you're if you're engaged and if you're if you're absorbed in every thought, you can't have any perspective on it. So this practice is enabling you to get perspective on your thinking mind and use it. Use it for that. Look at your thought and and look at where your thoughts are going. Look at what they're adding up to. Don't think about them. Just observe them. And and the the teachings that I've been offering you and the teachings that you can read about from other teachers, they're the 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 best teachings. They're largely just pointing to things that you can observe in your own consciousness. Once once you have the capacity to do that which is what a practice of meditation is required for. You have to have a practice of meditation or something like this to focus your attention so that you can begin to see what's going on. And as you see for yourself that your mind is going in all different directions with aimlessly, your mind is aimless, you will start to lose interest in it. And that may not be entirely good news. That may be that may be very discouraging or depressing or it it's disillusioning and it can be frightening to see that your thinking mind isn't showing you a clear direction it's it's just getting you lost it's like you it's like like learning that your gps doesn't work after you've been following it for all these years it's not working and you've been following it no wonder your life has you know has felt that sense of scatteredness and so the power of this practice is that you you see it for yourself and you and you see it over and over and over again and then you start to lose interest and when you lose interest in your thinking mind it's much easier to let it go when it's no longer fascinating you when you're no longer trusting it to to guide you to show you what's true and real it's way easier to let it go think about a toy or a very special object that maybe you had when you were a, a child or an infant. Sometimes it's 
those things we get attached to happened so long ago we can't remember it but see if you can remember stories or remember a memory or maybe you maybe you can think of the object itself that you got really attached to when you were young like it could have been a blanket you carried around or a little stuffed animal or a doll or if someone tried to take that from you if someone said you're 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 too old for that you don't need that i'm going to take that you would be screaming and grabbing and holding on with for dear life you would not want anybody to take that away from you and if you lost it you'd be you'd be beside yourself with grief and if something happened to it you'd be so upset where is that object now and what happened to that object where's your blanket or your stuffed animal or your toy or your doll where is it now and what finally happened to it and this is a very real question the answer is probably different for each one of you but I'm asking you to, to imagine something that, that really happened for you. Think about that in your adult life, something that you really loved that you don't have anymore. And sometimes those things do get taken away from us. Sometimes we lose them or they get, they get destroyed or someone takes them and it ends rather tragically. But a lot of times we just lose interest. It's just not interesting to us anymore. And that toy or that blanket or that stuffed animal you had when you were an infant, at some point, it just wasn't interesting anymore. And you, and you put it down. You let it go. And now you don't, know where, you don't know where it is and you maybe can't even remember what it was. But back then, it was everything to you. So that's what happens to the thinking mind. That's how this practice works, is that you don't, you don't have to push it away. You don't have to white-knuckle it. You don't have to force yourself not to think. You can try those things, but it won't work. No one's going to take it away from you. No one can take it away from you. But what can happen is you can lose interest in it. And when you lose interest in it, you can just let it go. And then this practice becomes much easier. You naturally gravitate to present moment experience. What's real is so much more valuable to you than thought and you and you you can still think <laughs> you're not going to lose your capacity for rational thought not at all in fact it'll get much clearer because you'll be able to direct it you'll be able to focus when you need to focus on thinking about something and when you don't you won't be thinking you'll be present and it makes your thinking clearer sharper you be, you become a better thinker <laughs> but you won't be spending all that time spinning your wheels in thought trying to put the pieces of your life together. It won't be that kind of thought because it won't be interesting to you anymore. Once, you, once you've tasted something real, the artificial, the, the conceptual, the perceptual, just is, can't compare anymore. And that's what you're doing here on this retreat, in this practice, is you're grounding yourself in what's real. You're, you're doing it over and over and over and over again until, it, until, it, until you get it, until you feel it in your body. You feel the breath in your body. Feel your presence. You feel what that feels like. And once you've felt your own presence, thought can't compare to that. The power, the certainty, the knowing that's in this moment, available to you right now, Nothing in conceptual thought can, can get anywhere close to that. So I think that's a good place to stop. Let's just sit with that together for a moment of silence. 